Well, hey, Valley Creek family, it is good to see you guys. Hello. I want to give a big welcome to anyone who's joined us at all of our campuses all around the world online. We are so glad that you're with us. Let's give them a round of applause. Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Well, today we are going to talk about seasons. And specifically, we're going to talk about embracing our spiritual seasons. You may not know this, but you are always in a spiritual season in your life. And maybe you, like me, have noticed that there's some people in the world that don't like to embrace the season. It's like the seventh grade junior high boy that always wears shorts when it's 32 degrees outside. It's like the person who wears furry boots in the summertime uh, so they can make a fashion statement. It's like my daughter Naomi, who at the beginning of the new year decided to jump into our pool when it was 58 degrees outside. Here's what I told my wife. I knew she was going to run and screaming into the house, and then my wife checked back with me. She's like, no, she jumped in four more times. She loved it. So clearly, she did not want to embrace the season that she was in. I remember back in, uh, way back in, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you way back when, but my wife and I got to do a trip. It was kind of a bucket list trip to London, and it was over Valentine's uh, weekend. Now, for men in the house, you may not know this, uh, Valentine's is coming up this week, and that's for free. I'm going to tell you that for free. You're going to want to remember that. We were in London on this bucket list trip, and we were visiting, and it was so cold. We visited our friends. It was 22 degrees and wind chill. We're bundled up, full coats, full scarf, gloves. We have to see all the sights. We want to be outside. It was horrible weather to do it. And this was the best part. As we're standing at Buckingham Palace, taking in all the sights, just chilled to the bone, drinking hot cocoa, hoping for the best, we see a guy walk past us. And he is wearing short sleeve shirt with no coat. We're like, wow, he has an amazingly high pain tolerance. And then as he's walking, we noticed that he had something in his hand. He was eating an ice cream cone. So we did what any of us would do in that situation. We set up a fake picture in which we were going to be in it, but we were going to wait for him to walk by and make sure that we got him in the picture, and here it is. So there he is in the middle, <laughs> offering Rocky Road to the world at 22 degrees outside of Buckingham Palace, and we were cracking up. This man clearly didn't want to embrace the season. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, I don't want to embrace the season. I do not want to embrace the season that I'm in. I don't want to wear my coat when it's 22 degrees. And maybe you're here and it's been a long, hard, tough season most recently. Well, here's what I believe that God wants to say to you. Jesus sees you in your season. And if you will embrace it, you will more clearly see the sun. Jesus sees you in your season right now, and if you will embrace it, you will more clearly see the sun. You see, seasons are one of the very first gifts that God ever gave us. In Genesis 1, 14, it says this, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark the seasons and the days and the years. So God gave us actual seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, that parallel spiritual seasons in our life. He gave us lights like the sun and the moon so we could clearly see those seasons. And he gave us spiritual seasons so we can clearly see his light in our life. Because seasons in the earth, they mark uh, changes in, you know, in plants and in waterways and in ecosystems. 
Spiritual seasons in our life mark God's movement in our life. And seasons of change are opportunities to see how Jesus is changing me. How he's extracting the bad things. He's putting in new good things. How he's taking away the old. He's always filling me up with the new things that he has. He's cutting off. He's cutting off things that are not good and pruning them from our life. He's changing me in every season. So how do we learn to embrace those spiritual seasons? Well, I got to thinking about this today. I spend so much time looking at my Outlook calendar and like planning my schedule and planning vacations and thinking about who, who I'm going to be with this week and what I'm going to do. I spend so much time thinking about my actual season that I'm in, but I spend very little time considering the spiritual season that I'm in. I just don't think hardly at all about it. But the Bible talks a lot about spiritual seasons, and it talks about embracing those seasons in our life. And the writers of Ecclesiastes in Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. That's good news. There's time to do the things that Jesus has called you to do. And if Jesus has called you to it, he will get you through it. So whatever season you're in, whatever he's called you to walk through in this season, he will get you through it. Here's what I want to do. I want to walk through the four seasons that, that are the weather seasons, and I'm going to parallel those to the spiritual seasons uh, that we sometimes walk through together. So can we do that together? We're going to walk through the seasons, and then I'm going to give you two really practical steps for whatever season you're facing. Each time I'm going to give you two to walk through that you can kind of use as handles to, to work through those seasons. Can we do that together? Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. There's a season when you rest in hope, and that's like wintertime. Let's just be honest. If somebody says, hey, what's your favorite season? Nobody ever says winter. Nobody likes winter. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You're just saying that because you feel bad for winter. And it's long. And it's cold. And, and, the, and the nights are, are dark. And, and the days are short. I can remember when I was in Indiana going to college that it would be so cold during January term. I would, we'd actually take our hats and pull them over our eyes. And then we would like walk 10 steps. And then I'd lift up my hat to see if I was in the right place. And I'd walk 10 more steps. That's how cold it was. I know what you're thinking. Why didn't you wear a ski mask? I don't know. I was a poor college kid. I have no idea. I should have done that. So I really felt, man, when is this winter time going to end? When will it be over? I hate that groundhog. Why does he never, you know, come out of the, come out of the hole February 2nd? When we moved down uh, to Texas, man, we faced a long winter season. We, we really believed that God had called our family here, and our daughter had just been born, and, and, and we knew that we wanted to bring her close to uh, my wife's parents. And so we said, man, we're going to leave our, our job and our house, and we're just going to go for it. We're just going to take a leap of faith and, and come down to Texas. And it turned out to be a long winter season in which we did not have a church family. We moved, and, uh, and it was a brand new place, and we, we hadn't found Valley Creek yet, and we didn't have many friends, and my job was just so-so. And we looked at each other, we're like, man, did we hear God right? Like, we're, we're waiting for a long time. And did we make the right decision? This feels like a lot of trouble, trouble to make this move. And maybe you've felt like that recently. Maybe you're in that long winter season. And you're pulling your stocking cap over your face thinking, when is this going to end? Let me just encourage you in this. Your troubles come in seasons, not in forever. But God's faithfulness comes in forever, not just in a season. So you may be experiencing a time right now in which it is a long winter season. 
but he is with you. And in fact, your winter season is actually a crucial season in order to experience everything else that God has for you. Listen to this in Exodus 23. For six years, you're to sow your fields and harvest the crops. But during the seventh year, let the land lie unplowed and unused. This was called letting the ground lie fallow. And letting the ground lie fallow was super important. We still do it in agriculture right now, by the way. We let uh, the, the land lie dormant for a time so that it's more fertile after it lies unplowed and unused. It has a time of rest. And the time of rest, the time of waiting, makes it more fertile ground later. What this means for us is that there might be a time of rest, a time of waiting, a wintertime season that Jesus wants to bring us through so that our fallow ground becomes fertile ground later. He wants to put things into you, and he wants you to rest in hope as you wait. You have to remember, in times of winter, dormant is not the same as dead. In times of winter, dormant is not the same as dead. You'd never go back in your backyard during wintertime and be like, i got to cut down all these trees. They're all dead. No, they're not. They're resting. So what that means is that God's promises in your life are not dead. They're just dormant. So whatever he said to you, whatever he's promised you, it's not dead. It's in a season of dormancy. It's waiting. It's waiting, and it's resting in hope. Satan's lies in your life, however, those are dead. Those aren't dormant, so those aren't coming back. He has no power to rule over the promises that God has made to you. So in those wintertime seasons, dormant's not the same as dead. You might be in a season of waiting. So here's what you do when you're facing a wintertime season, when it feels cold and dark and maybe you feel forgotten. Here's the first thing. You don't focus on the length of the season. You focus on the one who's with you. You don't think about how long the winter's been. You focus on the one who's with you in it, Jesus is with you in the season. He sees you in your season. And if you'll embrace it, you'll more clearly see the sun. Here's the second one. If you're in a winter season, the goal of a winter season is not to try to hurry up and get out of it. The goal of a winter season is to rest and let hope rise in it. Rest more. Hope more for what's to come. Don't try harder, rest in the finished work of Jesus more. It's a winter season. And God's promises to you are not dead, they are just dormant. Other seasons are coming soon. So that's the first one. Here's the second one. There's a season when you sow faithfully, and this is like spring. So during springtime, the farmer works the ground in preparation. It's a season of getting started, of planting the seeds, of thinking about the harvest to come. We actually see a great example of a spiritual spring in Scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It says, in the spring, at a time when kings go off to war, which is just a great verse of the Bible. Can we just agree that's hilarious? Like, hey, honey, it's springtime. I got to go off to war and kill some people. I'll be back like halfway through the summer, somewhere around then maybe. So in the spring when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites, they besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Here's what I want you to catch. So in the springtime... David had a spiritual seeds that he was supposed to sow. He was supposed to be faithful to do the thing that God told him to do. Two chapters earlier, God said, you're going to rest in this land and you're going to defeat your enemies. He had a game plan and he was supposed to obediently walk that out, but he didn't. He stayed in Jerusalem. 
He didn't go off to war and do the very thing that God had actually told him to do, defeat his enemies. Instead, he goes up to the rooftop, he sees Bathsheba, makes a horrible decision, has adultery with her, ends up getting her husband killed, and it was bad from there. It went from bad to worse. So spring seasons in our life are the time to keep moving forward faithfully with what God has said to do. Keep planting. Keep doing the things that God has said. You guys know that, um, you know the phrase, you reap what you sow? The phrase you reap what you sow, the question is never whether you're going to reap something. The question is, what are you sowing? So, so you're going to reap something. Like, like you're going to reap you know, death, destruction, bad, not life-giving things. Or you're going to reap life-giving and obedience to Jesus and walking out what he's asked you to do. The question is never whether you're going to reap. There's going to be a harvest. You're going to reap something. The question is, what are you sowing? Proverbs 20, verse 4 says it like this. Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look, but they find nothing. So they don't actually plant the right seeds, so when it's time for harvest, they don't, they don't find anything in their life. And sometimes we want to move forward into other seasons of our life, but we didn't plant the right seeds during spiritual spring, so, so there's nothing to move forward to. And then we'll get to those places where we're like, well, why isn't there fruit in this area of my life? Well, I didn't plant obedient seeds during spring, so I don't have fruit there. I was thinking back on the times that I've, um, like we've walked through different decision making, uh, everything from buying a car to, to friends we were going to hang out with to, uh, to where we we're going to move to and jobs I was going to you know, take for a season. Almost every time that it did not turn out the way I thought it was going to is because I did not plant the right seeds at the beginning. And here's what I mean. Those decisions that, that were like big oopses in my life, like kind of got to the end of it, were like, meh, it was okay, it was okay were almost always times when I was in disunity with Carrie, my wife. And so I was actually sowing seeds of disunity, wondering why at the end of that time I wasn't seeing fruit. Well, I planted the wrong seeds in the spring, so there was nothing to look forward to in the harvest time. Do you get that? So, so we need to plant those obedient seeds during spiritual spring. The difficulties in the other seasons of life can be directly linked to a lack of planting obediently in spiritual spring. The difficulties in all the other areas of your life can be directly linked to not planting obediently during spiritual spring. So here's the two important things you do if you're in a spiritual spring season. Here's the first one. Ask the question where God is already moving and join him there. So like, what is God doing? Where is he moving? Here in the Valley Creek family, he's called us for 2017. It's going to be a year of healthy relationships. So if you sow into healthy relationships, there will be an extra favor in those. Because God's already asked us to do it, so when we're obedient to that, we're going to have an extra favor in that spiritual spring. So where is God already moving? We're going to join him there. Another example of that would be um, we're we're making a missional move to the Louisville campus pretty soon. So everybody who's uh, sowing into Louisville as an area and bringing grace and truth to there, that is uh, spiritual seeds. So all of us that walk into our next steps because of that, there's going to be an extra favor on that. Where is God already moving in spiritual spring, I'm going to join him there. So that's the first thing. And also in spiritual spring, you need to ask this question. Have I been faithful to do the last thing he asked me to do? 
Have I been faithful to do the last thing he asked me to do? And, and here's why. Just like a farm, mach- like farm machinery goes and it, and it pokes a hole in the ground and it plants a seed when it's springtime, there's only one seed in, in one hole at, at any given time. There's not two, there's not three. If so, they'll choke each other out. So the farmer knows this. You only have one seed at a time. You're only planting one seed faithfully at a time, so you're only doing one next step that Jesus has asked you to do at a time. So if you haven't been faithful to do the last one, you can't plant other seeds and move forward. That's why it's so important to do the last thing he told you to do. Spring, then, is when you sow faithfully. That's the second spiritual season. Here's the third one. There's a season when you live joyfully, and this is like summertime. Man, summer is for soaking in the sun, and my wife loves the summertime. She loves to sit by the pool and just soak in the sun and uh, just sit there at 85 degrees, and everything's right with the world, and it's all in alignment, and just everything is good. And in spiritual summer, it feels like not just the S-U-N is shining down upon you. It feels like the S. O-N is shining down upon you. You feel his radiance. You feel his joy welling up in your heart. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says it like this. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. When you're experiencing a spiritual summer, it just feels like everything's just a perfect alignment. Like You're like, hashtag blessed. I'm hashtag blessed. Well, it turns out you're actually always hashtag blessed. You just feel it more in spiritual summer. Like you are always blessed to Jesus, you feel especially during those times of spiritual summer. It's kind of like when a, when a little kid comes back uh, from summer break, and a teacher's like, you got such a big smile on your face, you must have had such a great summer, and you got a little bit taller, and, and you're growing, and there's, there's movement in you. That's like it feels the joy that you feel in spiritual summertime. This would be a season when you think, man, The things that we were really hoping for, they're starting to kind of well up in us, and we feel God filling us with his joy and his peace, and it's the spirit welling up in my heart. So in those kind of summer seasons, then, these are the two things you want to do. If you're in a summer season, and the joy is just in you, and the spirit's moving through you, here's what you want to do. The first thing is appreciate and engage that joyfulness. So appreciate the joy that Jesus is putting into you. Appreciate the the hashtag bless that you're feeling right now and think, okay, I'm just thankful. I got such a thankful heart. I'm so full of his joy and I recognize it and I see it and it's in me. And just let that grow in your heart. Like if you have joy, just Jesus, I'll take all the joy you want to give. Just come on, keep giving me more, more, more. I'll take all the joy you want to give me in this season. Here's the second thing. In spiritual summer, remember The pursuit of your life is not happiness, is Jesus. So you may feel a level of happiness. You might feel a level like, yeah, this is working out. That's great, and that's the Lord's goodness to you. But the pursuit of your life isn't happiness, it's Jesus. So you keep pursuing him in times of spiritual summer. Jesus sees you in your summer season. And if you will embrace that summer season, you will more clearly see the sun. And here's the fourth one. There's a season in your life when you harvest thankfully. And this is like fall. If you can remember back to you know, the story of the, the pilgrims and the first Thanksgiving and cornucopia and the, and the tables filled with, with all the abundance of the fruits of the harvest. And they were so excited to have people come to the table and be part of it. And come on, everybody, come share in this harvest. Come share in the abundance of what we've experienced. When it feels like that, you're going through a spiritual fall time. 
You're feeling the harvest. You're thinking that you want to share it with everyone around them. It's what you feel. You say, man, the world and God is moving in the world, so I want to just see everybody come to the dinner table. I want to see the full abundance of God in this place. Spiritual fall time is when you most clearly feel the effects of God's movement because it's the most obvious. It's, it's like baptisms, it's life change, it's people taking steps with Jesus, it's, it's people saying like having aha moments about the Lord. Like those are spiritual fall times and those are amazing seasons of abundance. Those are the seasons where you get to sit back and think, man, we've been planting these seeds for so long with the Lord. Now look what he's doing. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. And if you feel like that, you may be experiencing a spiritual fall time. So here's the first thing you do in a spiritual fall season. The first thing you do is you surrender to the Lord of the harvest. This is what it says in Matthew 9:38. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'm just going to surrender the Lord of the harvest. It's Jesus that's well in control of the whole thing. He's the one reaping what his church is sowing. So I'm going to surrender to him and just say, all right, Lord of the harvest, come on. You keep moving. You keep moving in your church at Valley Creek Church and your church around the world in people's hearts. You keep bringing people into the fullness of the kingdom. I surrender to that. Do whatever you want to do. Here's the second thing you do in a fall time season. You say to Jesus, I want you to reveal your harvest in me even while you're moving through me. So during spiritual fall, Lord, I want the revelation to be your, your harvest of righteousness inside of me, even while movement is happening through my life and to the people around me. That's what you can do during spiritual fall times. Peter in the early church had an amazing fall time season. In Acts 2.41, it says, those that accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I want that for Valley Creek. Who else wants that for Valley Creek? I want 3,000 people. I want 3,000 people to have an aha moment of, yeah, Jesus, I'm going to, you know what? I am going to follow him. I'm going to make him Lord. I'm going to put him in the front of my life. I want that for Valley Creek. But, but Peter and the disciples, they actually experienced all four seasons in a very short amount of time. Let me explain. In Acts chapter 1, they had a wintertime season because they had to stay in the upper room for 10 days, and they didn't know how long it was going to be. Jesus just said, stay there. So they waited, they rested, they let hope rise in their hearts. At the second part of Acts chapter 1, they had a spiritual spring because they planted by doing this, reading scripture, praying, and making the choice to pick a new disciple to replace Judas. They did what Jesus asked them to do. And then in Acts chapter 2 at the beginning, they experienced the summertime when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them and their hearts were full of joy and they were overflowing it and the Spirit was on the move and they were so full of joy they were about to burst and they did and people heard them and they were so excited to join them in that. That was their spiritual summer. Then they had a spiritual fall and 3,000 people were added to their number that day. That is amazing. That's all, th all of the, yeah, that's good. All, all four of those seasons in two chapters. Like that was the Lord's goodness to them, taking them all the way through that and showing them, hey, I'm gonna bring you, if I brought you to it, I will bring you through it. I'm gonna bring you through those seasons right now. That all happened in such a short time. So sometimes in your life, your spiritual seasons can overlap. And, and actually, I have a, there's a graphic up here above me, and I wanna try to explain this. 
Just like seasons here in Texas aren't always perfectly aligned, or maybe in other parts of the country that actually get to have seasons, this won't make as much sense to you, but here in Texas, we have things like 90 degrees in October. You're like, I thought summer was over, or it'll be like freezing around Easter time. Just like sometimes seasons overlap that way, seasons in your life can overlap also. You can actually have different seasons in different spheres of your influence in different areas of your life. Let me explain. You can have like a summertime season in your marriage where it's full of joy and, it's, and everything's aligned and you guys, are just, you guys are just really together. And you can have a total wintertime with your kids. And it, feels, and it feels tough and it feels like it's long and you're wondering when it's going to end. And so those are t- you can have those at the same time in your life. Or you can have them in different patterns. It's not always just winter, spring, summer, and fall. And similarly, you could be like, um, you could be somebody who's sowing uh, new seeds into your business, and you're trying to grow your business and your employees. And at the same time, you might have a spiritual fall where you're harvesting in like your men's small group, and guys are taking next steps, and there's movement. You can have both of those at the same time. So it's, it's not always perfectly secular, and it's not always a, a certain set amount of time. That's why... We have to be very in tune with what the Lord is doing in our life. That's why we do things like ask, listen, and respond. So, Lord, what are you doing in my spiritual season? Like, help me see that. I can see my calendar on the computer. What are you doing in my heart right now in this season? I want to see Jesus in this season. Because when I do, I will see him more clearly. And I'll know that he's with me. So here's my question for you. What season are you in? What has this season been? This might be the first time you even thought about that question. What season are you in? Maybe you're a single parent, or maybe you've been sick, or maybe you've lost a loved one recently, and it has been a long winter season. Can I just tell you that Jesus sees you in your season? And if you'll look for how he's moving, and what he's doing, and where he's at, you will more clearly see the sun. Maybe you are a business owner, and, and it's been summertime, and it's growth and, and, and profits, and, and God's seeing your dream come to pass. Let me encourage you, keep mining for joy. Keep searching out all the joy that Jesus wants to give you. Take it. It's a summer season. It's a sweet season for you at this time. Maybe you're on the front end of the next move that God's asking you to take. It's a spring season. It's time to plant the seeds. Can I just encourage you, do it. Just, just do what he's asking you to do. Take that next step because you will reap a harvest at the appointed time. What season are you in? I'll kind of finish with this. Um, in Daniel 2, 21, it says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his, for he changes the times and seasons. So Daniel A guy that was stuck in exile for 70 years in a very long winter season. And who, while he was there, did things like planted obedient seeds that God asked him to do, lived and worshipped with joy in his heart, and even saw a harvest come to pass when King King Nebuchadnezzar and others in Babylon came to the things of God. He saw all of those. Daniel, the guy that walked through all of those spiritual seasons, says... Praise be to the name of God. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. He's the one that changes times and seasons. So if it's winter and you don't know when it's going to end, 
And Jesus is asking you to just rest and have hope, then praise be to the name of God. And if it's springtime, and it's time to do the next obedient thing he asks you to do, then praise be to the name of God. He's with you. You can do it. And if it's summer and your heart is welling up with joy, more than you've ever experienced before, then praise be to the name of God. He's got you in this summer season. And if it's a spiritual fall time and his harvest is growing and you get to be a part of that and you get to reap what you've diligently sowed into, then praise be to the name of God. For Jesus sees you in your season. And if you will embrace it, you will more clearly see the sun. Let's pray. So Lord, we just take a moment to say, we want to more clearly see what season we're in and what you're doing and how you're moving and what you're bringing us into. Whatever you want to do, we just say yes to that. You want us to wait? We'll wait. You want us to sow faithfully? Yeah, we'll do that. You want us to be filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy in our summer season? We say yes to that. You want 3,000 people to be added to our church? and an amazing, amazing harvest of righteousness come through us, we say yes to that. We say yes to you, Jesus. We thank you that you're the one that changes times and seasons, and if you've brought us to it, you will bring us through it. We have that confidence. We say yes. So, Lord, thank you for our seasons. Thank you for movement. Thank you for a chance to follow you. Thank you for every new uh, opportunity and, and step that, that you bring us to and the, the places that you take us. Uh, we just say yes to you. We say yes to that. God, as we just look at our spiritual season, if there's people here that, um, that they feel like, man, I've been waiting a long time and I've been waiting on promises and I don't know when and I don't know where God is, will you just fill them up with you right now? Will you just touch them in a way that only you can do. With the kind of peace and the joy that only you can provide. Thank you for seeing us in our season. Thank you for being with us in our season. You do not leave us alone. You do not uh, tell us that we have to travel it by ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your precious name, amen.